0: Looking for a local spot to make swag for your brand, podcast, or anything in between? Eastside Pinco has experience making enamel pins, badges, keychains, medals, and patches. Have an idea of what you want? Chris can help bring your idea to life. You can find them online at eastsidepenco.com. That's eastsidepinco.com. That's E A S T S I D E P I N C O.com. And you can send all inquiries to chris at eastsidepinco.com. Mention this ad to take 10% off your order. Eastside Pinco. Hit them up. Hey, welcome back to Tunes, Tunes Podcast. I'm your host, Harold. As always, you can follow us on social media. That's Tunes, Tunes Podcast. T-U-N-E-S slash T-O-O-N-S. We're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you find your podcasts. Got series regular and show darling Mike Allen back in the house. What up? How's it going, Miguel? It's going pretty good today. Pretty good. Man, thanks for coming through and making his debut on Tunes, Tunes. Matt, what up, boy? Hey. What's going on? Man, just... (laughs)
1: it's the one time in my life I've ever been without words
2: (laughs) Uh, Uh,
0: but yeah man thanks for coming through
1: no dude it's super stoked when you asked me I asked Josh Montgomery I was like is this because every time I get drunk with you I ask if I can be uh, back on your podcast (laughs) because he, You were like, oh, yeah, no, Josh said you'd be really good for this episode. And oh, yeah. I, I immediately told him, like, is this a direct <laughs> result of that? And he never, he just was like, ha,
0: ha, 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 ha. Never the non Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> I want redemption. That's funny, man. For my episode of Boys Podcast. So. Shit.
0: Yeah, I know. I was just talking about we're all three boys alone. We boys are. Alum. Got the hat on. So shout out to boys. Oh, yeah, he does. Can't see him, but Mike is wearing the very hat. He is. That these boys have put out. You're the only one not wearing a hat.
2: What Where
1: fuck? were
3: you? Where's the hat? hat on, Harold. Where were you? Get, come on, man. Get my hat
0: on here, my Hawaii hat. Your Hawaii hat. There you go. This is podcast magic for you.
1: I'm the only one not wearing a dad hat now. Now I feel. Oh excluded. yeah. What the fuck? Where's True. your dad hat? Come on. I I don't own one.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, Mike, I know I just mentioned that you'd been on before, but for someone that's maybe their first time listening, why don't you tell who you are, what you do?
3: Uh, I am Mike Allen, artist about town, I guess. Uh, I do comics for Nondoc every Sunday. Uh, you can just check that out at nondoc.com. Uh, and I do all kinds of art and media for different bands and businesses around OKC. Uh, and host art shows at the Speakeasy. Uh, you know, every once in a while. we got another one coming up. Yeah, we'll have to talk about I'll that later. I'll plug that later. Yeah, but, yeah. for sure. <laughs> but yeah.
1: Uh, Matt Jewett, ex Local musician, all around disappointment. <laughs>
0: local darling, aggressively single. <laughs> nah, Matt's a—he'll probably downplay it. I think he is right now. Ex-local musician,
2: but I
1: actually—I actually have a show on Friday. Okay, cool. This episode will air after that show. <laughs> it will.
0: This the podcast magic. Time is a construct, isn't it? It's it's a social construct,
1: <laughs> and uh, I as a semi, uh, as a uh, democratic socialist am i you
0: know, trying <laughs> to dismantle it <laughs> well as a uh, a shameless plug for my favorite matt jewett song uh check out Ma- uh, atomic girl probably one of my favorite songs it is only
1: available on youtube
0: yep check it out find the video of him playing it live it's awesome man i wrote that song when it was a long time ago this is over 10 years ago I wrote that song. <laughs> that shit still it, it slaps that's the thing about music is like it sticks out and it kind of is like the perfect segue for this um, I asked you guys on, and Mike was actually serendipitous that I had mentioned that I was doing a Jimmy World episode. And you're like, you know, I'm like a huge Jimmy World fan. I was like, what? I was like looking for like one more person <laughs> that I wanted to add. And I was like, fucking right under my nose, my <laughs> inaugural guest. That was after I drank like six beers. I know. <laughs> it's always at the pump. But yeah, after trivia. But yeah, I was like, oh shit. So uh, the purposes episode, Bleed American 18 years ago. Woo was released and that is insane to me hard to believe um but i mean it still resonates with us today and i just like i think it's always so interesting like what makes these songs you know so ingrained with us and so i wanted to talk about you know what kind of sticks out about that album what makes us love that album but talk about that man what was like uh your first experience with that album i know you're you're a you had obviously listened to them before that album but for the purpose of a bleed american how did you find a kind of fu- get your intro to that album
3: yeah i had some uh friends that were really into jimmy Eat world before um like clarity and actually i think they're more into static prevails um just because they like that harder sound um a, a lot of my friends in high school were really into those early um what i would call emo bands like real emo bands Sorry. To the
1: only real emo everything. band is a Embrace. <laughs> <laughs> my, my rates are just dropping. I saw, I saw somebody post <laughs> that on Twitter the other day, though. They were like, if it didn't come from DC after Embrace, it's not real emo. And I was just like, God damn it.
0: <laughs> if that don't hit, like, right here.
1: I was angry, but I just, I just
3: took a screenshot of it and was like, I'm not even going to use this. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, there were... There were bands like um, Jawbreaker and like Promise Ring, who uh, the lead singer ties. sings on this album. Yes, sir. There's some ties uh, to Jimmy
0: World with Promise Ring.
3: But yeah, I was just hanging out with uh, pe- you know people that were into that, and they just kind of introduced me to Jimmy World through Clarity, uh, and I loved that album. Still do. Still like one of my favorite albums ever. Uh, and then yeah, 2001 rolls around and uh, Bleed American comes out, uh, and it's quickly renamed Jimmy World after September Self-titled. 11th, yeah. yeah. so Thanks a lot, Clear Channel. But I I believe <laughs> the copy that I bought was before that, so it was like in the summer of that year, so mm-hmm. it was like. Vintage. Yeah, right, well they've since, you know, gone back to reading right. it again, but. But uh, you were
0: thinking, oh shit, just in case there's a terrorist
3: attack, I better buy this. Yeah, right? <laughs> just in case, you know, the political climate. While I can, I better get this. <laughs> in the Middle East. <laughs>
1: <laughs> really affects my speaking music. 18 years I've later. Seen, I've seen a lot of episodes of uh, of Nightline where yeah. Ted Koppel's talking about Bin Laden. I better buy a copy of this record of Jimmy Eat World.
2: So,
3: yeah, but anyway, that was my uh intro to it. Uh, I mean, this was obviously you know, I don't think they had really promoted the album until 2002. I mean, it had just come out and like kind of brr, whatever, but... Right. Well, because they so. were labelless until...
1: Because they had been... Yeah. It was, it was <laughs> Capital, right? They are like, in between, right? Uh,
3: Capital was for Clarity. Yeah, yeah they because, were between. because
1: they had put out that 7-inch with Christy Front Drive, and somebody from Capital went to see Christy Front Drive, and they're like, well, what are you doing? And they're like, oh, well, we've got the 7-inch with the band from Arizona called Jimmy Eat World, and then just for Static Prevails and Clarity, they were
3: both released on Capital, <laughs> and then Capital dropped them, right? Right. That's right. And they didn't even want to release that Clarity, which... We almost didn't get that masterpiece out, but shit. But then, yeah, that just the turmoil led to, you know, them dropping. But was it uh, was it kind
0: of an intro to the album itself? Or was there one song that you're like your friend showed you or something? Uh, like
3: that? The the very first song on the album, shit. I was I was sold like a bop. Yeah, uh, still is. Um, I think they were on Craig Kilborn around that time too. Okay. Uh, and it was such a tight performance, and I mean that in like like they. We're playing like so were on tightly it. together, yeah. Like that, those little guitar things at the end, that da da, da da, da, you know, at the end of uh, the first song, The right. American. Yeah. So, I, I, you know, I was amazed. And there was actually a thing um, I had,
0: you know, back in the day, I downloaded an MP3 illegally, uh, as you do. Whoa. And uh, st- somebody called Lars. <laughs> fir- I had first gotten it as. Um, Salt, sweat, sugar, which is the alternate title. It was yes. the changed title because yep. of nine eleven. And so I was just like, um and then I saw Bleed American, so like confused I was like, what the fuck? What's the name of this song? Yeah. And so it was funny to see years later, like, oh shit, it was because of the because of the nine eleven having to change the title and everything. It's that amazing. It's the amazing the how
1: many bands had to do shit like that. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. like, Is this it by the strokes came out at the same time? And the U.K. version came out first, and it contained that track, New York City Cops.
3: Oh, yeah. And they had to
1: remove that track off of the American version. And I don't know what song got swapped out for what or if it was an 11-track record. But they, they had to pull the song New York City Cops off that record because it came out in late September or early October of 11. That's right. That's crazy, man. A Clear that. Channel had, like, a blacklist. I remember that. Which is why they changed the name of the record and the song was because they were basically like, this is like our commercially viable shit and it's the first time we've done it and we we worked too hard and dealt with the fact that we knew we didn't have a it's fucking crazy. label to make this record we're not gonna get blacklisted which is why they did the whole thing
0: i remember them having a whole do not playlist. yeah i i did actually pool, they couldn't play bodies I mean, really? Makes sense. Yeah, there was like a, I read a whole thing about like um, them blacklisting a bunch of songs that they didn't. They play did. I time. didn't
1: realize Drowning Pool was on that. Yeah, like I d- guess that makes floor. a I lot like, of sense with the window window jumper. photo.
3: Yeah. So you're actually blowing my mind right now because, uh, so saying about thing uh, that thing about the Strokes. Yeah. Um, so I was like that in my mind. I was like that album, That song was always on that album, but now that I remember, I went to London. <laughs> After September 11th, like like God, the December of that so year. Cool. No, no, <laughs> it, was for, <laughs> it was for school. It was for school. Uh, and I bought that album in London. Holy so shit! I bought the UK version of that. Oh, album. so you oh, now, oh so you
1: had the the sexy glove version too? Uh-huh, yeah, yeah. Instead it's, of the like random. But
3: I didn't know that any different because I was just like, oh, I've heard is this album. Heard about plasma it. Plasma looking lava yeah, lamp. The, is that is that is this it? I think it's like yeah. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah, it's
1: yeah, it's like I've always thought of it as like looking at like a poorly derived star chart. Oh, I <laughs> I think it's uh, like um,
3: uh, uh, atomic, like uh, half-life. Something, yeah. Uh, Like electron microscope stuff. You all are intelligent, I am not. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not a smart
0: man. Uh,
1: But but I know what the Strokes (laughs) is, and I love the Strokes, Jen, eh?
0: Matt, talk about your intro, man. What what was like, how did you find that album? Was it a song or what? Uh,
1: God, I don't know. I I probably should have researched this and realized which one was the First big single, it would have had to have been MTV Two because I didn't grow up in a house with cable. Oh, right on. Um, and so it would have either been like MTV Two or ninety four seven, the buzz, or was the buzz around? Didn't I don't you know that? if it was Damn. around by that. That point. would have been getting played on Clear Channel though, so it would have been KJ one hundred three yeah. would have had it. Uh, it would have had to have been the middle. Probably was like the real takeoff single, single yeah. off of mm-hmm. that. And I remember seeing that music video on MTV, too, and being, like, a chubby middle schooler (laughs) and being like, oh, this dude looks like me. And he's singing clearly to someone who's, in my, you know, 11 or 12-year-old mind, being treated the way I'm being treated at school. And it it was the first time I'd ever seen, like, somebody on any form of MTV that remotely looked like a normal human being and beyond that like uh chubby normal human being. <laughs> right. Uh and then like it, it I remember that though like being that set of songs, like those singles off of that record being the first songs I ever heard that made lyrics really important to me because it was always about and I had been introduced to punk rock before then. Like I had gotten a Green Day C D when I was in like eighth grade and decided like the faster it is the better and so this was like the beginning of me like enjoying guitar driven music that was maybe not 90 to nothing (laughs) uh (laughs) right and but and and being like really intrigued with like what he was saying and like i heard that song and immediately like my mom worked at barnes and noble and I would just kind of camp out in the music department at Barnes & Noble because I had zero interest in reading and all of the interest <laughs> in listening to the 30-second clips of records that you could get, like, on that little, like, machine they used to have. Yeah. I don't oh, know. yeah. I was, like, the one that was after they had the plays of the month and you had, like, the key code you put into here, like, the yes. 20 pre-programmed albums. That's it. But once they had the one with the rollers where you could search, like, anything in their distributions like and you could get like the 35 second clips and I would just sit back there after school waiting for my mom to get off work just being like yep I'm gonna listen to these same 15 second <laughs> clips of these same 30 songs <laughs> over and over and over again <laughs> and I got that record and I remember uh, uh, that was the first time I heard Bleed American and it was like right after I'd been put on Ritalin. And I remember, like, hearing the lyric, like, I'm not crazy because I take the right pills. And I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> that's me. <laughs> that's me. And so, yeah, like, that that basically sold me on that entire record. And that, yeah, so that's kind of how I
0: gravitated towards that. I mean, that that really is one of the things that makes something resonate with you like that, when you can tangibly see, like, oh, shit, like, I relate to that. Like, I'm seeing myself either in this song and this lyrics and this message and you're like, you take it a, a different way, you know. It could also be aesthetically pleasing or whatever, like sound cool. But when you're actually like digging in, digging in, and you're like realizing the things that they're saying are really resonating with you, or ha- are hitting you in a point in your life where you're experiencing those things, it's like, oh shit! Like, it just takes it to another level where you're like, you know, puts it past just like pop music. It's like this is something that really means something to me.
3: No, absolutely.
1: Yeah, it was. It was the first time. It's either been that or a song on toxicity by system of a down that I can't that I can't remember the It's the one slow one on toxicity. He's I'm like, You don't care about how I feel. I don't feel right anymore. Or <laughs> Do you guys know what I'm talking about? I, I am don't. not I don't, the system no. of a down gay. What?
0: I say I am definitely not the system of ah, a down damn, gay. Ah damn, nobody knows what I'm talking no, about. But sure there's,
1: there's 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 <laughs> a song there, but it was the first time that like lyrics ever resonated with me. I I remember like the that song off that system of down record and, like, a couple of songs on uh, Bleed American that it was, like, it was the first time that I ever related to music, lyrically speaking, instead of just being a hyperactive kid who was, like, this is fast, this rules. Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, it's just, uh that's the other cool thing is that it's, all of our intros are just a little bit different, you know what I mean? Because, like, I remember, they, the only reason I remember specifically what it was was because it was something that, I was like actively doing, I, I played um, NHL 2003 on the GameCube, as <laughs> one does. And the song Sweetness was part of the soundtrack. Oh, I forgot So say about what that. you want yeah. about EA, but they're fucking soundtracks that they put together for some of these songs. I found bands that I don't, I don't think, I may mm-hmm. have never found. Mm-hmm. Like Valencia was on the MLB 05 song and I'm like, or 05 album. And I'm like, this fucking rules. And so they put together some, like, A1 playlists. But I remember NHL 2003, my brother bought it because he was into hockey at the time. I remember it was on the GameCube, and I just remember thinking, man, this song's pretty badass. Like, who is this band? And then, you know, of course, the, the progression after that of, like, okay, let me check out who is this band. Like, what do they do? And then I remember seeing that video for the middle with, like, the house party or whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, man, these guys are these guys are pretty tight. Absolutely. And I remember listening to Bleed American on Yahoo Music. And thinking, like, this album is the shit. And even to this day, when I was listening to it again, prepping for this episode, I'm like, fucking banger after banger after banger. Like, you could just listen to that cover to cover and be like, yeah. man, there's something unique about every song that sticks out to you. Whether it's, like, a melody, a line, something. Like, I just find myself whistling, like, random parts of it, and like, different songs on the album. And it's like, man, it's just, like, hit after
3: hit. Absolutely. I listened to it last night. I hadn't listened to it in probably... 10 years or so and I knew every word still uh but yeah I I kind of remembered some of the songs I liked better than the others but yeah I that feel worked.
1: like it's a front heavy record
3: oh so it is it if is you were to give me like to... like the singles and like radio friendly but yeah. I actually I think I kind of prefer the last half of the album better uh,
1: that and I mean that may be the 90 to nothing in me that yeah I like. It is much more high energy on the front. It Absolutely, it's, it's it is. It's bangers yeah.
0: up to, it's like real, because it's all the singles, like you were saying, front half of the album. Uh-huh. And then 6 to 11, it's Here You mean Me. If You Don't, yep. Don't, Get It Faster, yep. Cautioners. I was just listening to that. That's my favorite song on the album. Dry, I was just yeah. about to say, like, this is one that I forgot how much I liked. Mm-hmm. And then something about it, I don't know, there's just something emotive about music too, because i was driving just like through heritage hills and like just like the outro of cautioners uh-huh. while i'm driving i'm just like man this is hitting different right now that's like, like a <laughs> slow motion running <laughs> yeah with, you know. exactly ah.
1: there was something emotive in an emo record
0: <laughs> <laughs> who would have thunk it
3: driving around heritage hills being real sad
0: yeah well it's like walker i take walker straight up from work and it's like uh, okay, okay let me see how the
3: other half lives here while i'm yeah, <laughs> going to the
0: tower. <laughs> uh, but yeah, man. So just like as the natural progression of that conversation, man. Um, let's talk about some of the out al- like the the songs on the album that stuck out to us. Um, I don't know if there's like specific ones that you, I mean, you said Koshner is probably your favorite on the album, but mm-hmm. you know the there's nothing wrong with liking the singles or anything like that. But are there is there maybe like a more of like a dark horse song that isn't as like talked about that you enjoy cautioners being one of those talk
3: about that uh yeah i mean like i said cautioners probably my favorite song but um and and the reason for that mostly is the i really think that drum loop on that track it's real minimal but kind of complex at the same time and it just goes throughout the entire track doesn't change at all Uh, it's it's there the entire song
0: it's uh, almost droning
3: yeah and it sounds almost like they like clipped in different parts of it but i saw i've seen him play it live and he can just do it you know right Wait, um, really oh yeah yeah because i've never seen him play cautioner live I say, I don't uh, well think they we play can talk about that and yeah, like yeah. The first no time. i know no but
1: i mean that's insane that he can play that live yeah
3: he just does it um but i think the other one that people don't talk about maybe it's a little bit underrated is get it faster Oh, i was yeah. going to talk about that song yeah just that's because of that guitar part song. which that is one guitar like he plays it on one guitar the, also the guitar work are, are you shitting me? yeah it sounds like two guitars
0: yeah
3: he does it on one yeah. i'm
0: like how can you fucking? i like that's the the other thing i like a respect that i have for musicianship is like i can't even fathom like ha- playing both of those fucking parts <laughs> i i on
1: it i honest to god feel like in can in like being contemporary records Nobody gives Bleed American or um Stay What You Are by Saves the oh, Day the Fuck credit yes. for the musicianship on those records. Oh yeah. Like this when is you my motherfucking guy. When, I'm sorry to interrupt. <laughs> this is my motherfucking guy right now. <laughs> <laughs> like if you like <laughs> think about the guitar solo in the middle. Oh yeah. Like that is like some guided by voices but better guitar work shit happening. <laughs> right there For like sure. it's it's, it's nobody talks about what an epic solo that is it is and i would say 2000 to 2010 that de- or 2000 to 2009 that decade the top 10 guitar solo in any song
0: Well, just like structurally like, like non-metal, the, the non-metal non-metal, non-metal. Yeah. you have to exclude yeah, metal music because the 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 way that song's put together too almost real simplistic because like the riff the actual riff of the song is not like too crazy and yeah, like the chords it's are a little you know, intricate rhythmically it is but the chords too are pretty like okay this is, and then it hits the course and you're like what the fuck like it just like shreds mm-hmm. so I, I think that the the way it's put put together sonically that, stuck out to me the too the first
1: eight bars of that lick are insane mm-hmm. like i could i think i could sit down for 6 months and do nothing <laughs> but try <laughs> and nail <win laughs> that lick <laughs> and there is oh, no way man. that i would be able to play that half speed
3: No, that shit's crazy yeah for sure uh yeah, I don't know. I Like we were just saying, I, I mean, I kind of prefer the second half of the album. Just, uh, I think uh, if you don't, don't. I, oh, God.
2: I like yeah. that song a lot,
3: but I think I like it more because it comes after a slow song, like a real slow, sad song. And then that that little... That's right after Hear You Me, right? Yes. Yeah. So you're, you're like kind of, you know, you're talking about someone dying, all that stuff. Yeah. Um, and then that like happy kind of sounding riff just like fades in. Have you, mirror, 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 mirror.
1: have you ever thought about, like, the homage connection to that? With yes. how many homages there are in this record? Fucking authority yep. song, bro? Or uh, well, no, no,
0: praise chorus? A
1: praise chorus has so many. Um, well, because, I mean, you have the promise. Well, even the authority song. You have the, yeah. well, yeah, th- yeah, John Mellencamp. Yeah. But, um, but the Weezer song, Michael and Carly, yep. and the hook of that song is, Hear, hear you me, you me Mike, Michael, hear you me. Carly, and then he writes the song about somebody dying, and it's called Here You Me.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: It's There are just, like, tons of little pocketed, like, homages.
0: There was, yeah, um, a praise chorus, I think, does do the uh, Crimson and Clover. Yep, over and over. Uh, well, no,
1: there's also, did. You, have you guys ever noticed the subtle uh, Promise Ring yeah. lyrical yeah. reference in there, too? And then there's uh, Our House in the Middle of the Street. Yeah. like. It, but this record is full of, like, little subtle homages to the last what, what would have been at the time,
0: 15, 20 years of rock songs and roll? Songs that maybe resonated. 15 years,
1: probably 15 years of rock and roll, right? Yeah.
0: And it was I mean, like probably at the time. songs that resonated with those guys. And it's like they're able to kind of bring that in. And in like, an
1: entire album, though, to yeah. have that kind of like tapestry of just like you either get it or you don't.
2: Mm-hmm. And,
1: there are some, like, and that's something I love about revisiting this record. Because I revisit this record probably about once every two or three years is like I think I've hit my cap now where like <laughs> I know all the references <laughs> uh but I remember like I probably hadn't picked this record up in a while in high school and then hearing the Crimson and Clover in our house in the Little street. And I knew those songs as a kid but it just never like
0: it never clicked, clicked
1: with me. And then like being a high school was like, oh shit that clicked but at that point like I didn't know the promise ring. I my parents we're a little bit too old to be into John Mellon camp. Like, <laughs> it's, yeah,
0: I know, right? Just you missed uh, a couple of them. Considering yeah. the fact that
1: I'm 29, that my parents were too old <laughs> to be in the John Mellon camp. <laughs> well, it was,
0: uh, the Crimson and Clover one sticks out to me personally because um, I remember on um, Kings Leon had a song that was uh, California Waiting, uh-huh. and it references, Crimson and Clover pulling overtime. Mm-hmm. Yep. And that was the one, that was a Crimson and Clover reference, I remember, it, like, because I knew about Crimson and Clover, so I'm like, oh, yeah. that's interesting, that, I wonder if that's that, because as a kid, you're like, did they put that in there on purpose, like, what? And so I remember hearing that in the Jimmy at World thing, so I wonder if that was one of those things that just, like, made, I, I had like, that oh, exact, shit, another connection.
1: I had that exact same thought.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So I was like, oh, shit, like, because those are my guys, so unashamedly. Kings of Leon? But, uh. Those
1: records slap. I've oh, gone yeah. back and revisited them. Oh. Like, the ones that, like, I was too cool to like, like, five, six, seven years ago. <laughs> <laughs> Ten years ago, even. Because mm-hmm. even only only By the Night has some. Oh, yeah. Like.
0: Revelry shit.
1: Dude, Cold Desert. It's a that shit's epic. Banger. Especially when you know the story. I'm lost here. <laughs> we get it Mike you're cooler this than is all not of us the, <laughs> <laughs> this is you got the, uh, the London <laughs> version of the Strokes record
3: I just happened to be there you were a. Hey, you happened
1: to be in London I happened uh, to go to high school with her. With, with Kings of Leon's Cousins it's fine. Uh, <laughs> and those dudes looked exactly oh, like them and played in a band called Red Light Nights <laughs> oh <Okay. laughs> cool All <amazing>. right. all right <laughs> uh,
0: what about you Matt Man is there I mean we kind of I talked was, about some of the songs but
1: I was going to say get it faster one because it's a great song um and i love the fact that like they're able to tell a story essentially through the verses in that song while just having the really like kind of sugary yet at the same time like disengaged hook it was just like it says a lot about that song that like that hook i don't think that's unintentional or phoned in that it's like the hook of that song is just like, nah, 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 nah. Like mm-hmm. it's, it's, I think that even says something about what they're saying in the song. I, but I also feel like that song set the template for so many bands in particularly Weezer <laughs> to phone in songs. <laughs> like because I, I, I seriously think this all the time when I hear that song is that like, we are all on drugs from <laughs> make believe was would not have happened without that song.
2: <laughs> all, all under. Can you
1: can you hear that song in your head though? Uh yeah. Uh, and think about it real quick. Like yeah, no, no you're right. Uh but the difference is is like there was a point to like that hook or that like yeah, part being so disengaged sure. like if you're really listening to it as a whole piece. I just blame Rivers. I'll just
3: blame him. Well, I mean, he he
1: has an Excel spreadsheet of like song idea. Have you heard that? I've heard of that. (laughs) Oh my God, it's bad. Um, but so I love that song. And again, I always felt like it was a deeper cut and maybe it was because I didn't have access to like VH1 or fuse, but I always felt like a praise chorus was a deeper cut. And again, another song that just like the front half of that record is like, Mm it talks about how unreasonably sad I was is like uh, (laughs) well and I I honestly mean that like super earnestly like and I it wasn't until I was an adult and did some therapy that I was like oh it's not normal for a 12 year old to feel that way like Chris Gethard has a great quote about that he's like I thought every 12 year old had the internal monologue from the guy from Taxi Driver (laughs) (laughs) and I wasn't there but like just like feeling that alone and that alienated and like kind of at a point at such a young age where you're already just kind of like recusing yourself mm-hmm. from social interactions because of that. And li- no, the front, ha- I think that's a huge part of it is just like the front half of that record lyrically speaks to me so heavily. Um, Hear You Me though. Also a bad Yeah,
0: man. shit. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that's the other thing about, you know, kind of the, what we've been talking about, why songs maybe stick out to us is like, sometimes you hear a song and you're like, this is the way I feel, but I've never thought of putting it that way. Like you hear it, and you're like, "That's exactly it."
1: Oh, it was so much of a better moment for me then too, because instead, like now, I'm just like, "Shit, I should have list- I should have written that." Like anytime I hear, "Oh uh, yeah," any, any, why anytime, I write that? Yeah. Anytime I hear a good line in a pup song, like I'm just like, "Well, I could have fucking written that." <laughs> Uh, I I sh- They're Canada's answer to me, and since I live in the United States and they're from Canada, clearly their answer is better. <laughs> um, but back then, it was just like, oh my god, I've never like I never had the words to describe that, and all of a sudden, I do. Mm-hmm. And there, and, and even though like there's a lot of music I relate to, there, are maybe five or six songs that I'm like, I never realized anybody felt the same way I felt. This going be. going yeah. an, in about a ten year span from like age eleven to age twenty one where I'm like, oh, shit, I I thought I was completely alone and feeling this way. And they encapsulated
0: a lot of that in the first five songs yeah, of that record. For real. Um, I think the song that has always most re- resonated with me has been um, Your House. That's mm-hmm. um, my personal favorite Why? song on the album.
1: Nobody's asking you any questions. Why do you feel that way, <laughs> <Yeah>. Harold?
0: <right>, <laughs> I love the acoustic in that. It's like I an love ovation. when the acoustic run, like yeah, like ovation, runs in. Uh,
3: yeah, I love the, the intro. You know on. what when guitars they were using on the records? Uh, well, it just sounds like an ovation. It has that, like, metally tinkly that, yeah, sound to resonance. it. Yeah, that mm-hmm.
0: resonance. But uh, just the the way the song's put together and, like, the just the hook always gets me. Please don't tell me now. Like, God, like, that the fucking melodies these guys were putting together. I'm like, how did, like... How did they think of this shit? And just like, I don't know. It's like the words are meaningful, but then they put it in a way that you, I mean, you find yourself like humming it or whistling it and you're like, fuck, like mm-hmm. these guys get it.
1: They labored over this record. Though. Oh, yeah. For sure, yeah. Like this is not one of those, uh, this record is not like, there are so many happy accidents in making like the perfect pop rock record Uh, because it in a lot of ways and i think too because a lot of people it was their first introduction and they got clarity and static prevails later it feels like to a lot of people listening to it and i think a lot of people you're in my age too harold because like how the fuck were we as late (laughs) elementary school early middle schoolers gonna get our hands on clarity uh it feels like the first jimmy world record and so like in a lot of ways it can feel that way like, the way that first Rejects record feels, like, no matter how you land on them, heads or tails, like, that, you you cannot deny, like, the pop rock oh greatness yeah. of that record. That's a happy fucking accident. Mm-hmm. And their later work shows that, that that was, like, that was lightning in a bottle that yeah. you cannot recreate. Like, I will stand up and say that's their best record, and they never did anything close that touched that. These guys were for the first time I think, in their careers like trying to craft songs and craft a record that that was that good like they were trying to be as good as they were on that record
0: I mean they're just you can you know these guys are good because it's album after album after album if there's not at least like you know i'm not gonna say I'm not gonna go as far as to say that I think every album they've done is a bleed American or clarity mm-hmm. but I find at least one or two songs, at least, on every album they've put out that I'm like, that's the shit right there. That's what I love about Jimmy World right there.
1: It also never feels like they phone it in. For sure. I agree, there are not I agree bands, with that. And, and that is very rare to find in a band that has been around as long as they are and has had the level of success. I mean, I know that they have not had that second tier of success, that, or I guess probably that third or fourth tier of success that they could have had considering the time that they became popular, and they very easily, if some things, and I don't even know what those things could possibly be, they could have ended up being an arena band. Because, I mean, they supported a lot of bands and arenas during I, the heyday yeah. of pop, punk, and emo.
0: And well, that's what I was going to say, too. I'm like sorry. I mean, I'm sorry. I oh, no, you're fine. Because, I mean,
1: like, you think about, like, was it after this record or after? F- it had to have been after this record, because Get Up Kids got offered that tour and turned it down, that they went out on that huge fucking summer tour uh, it was a co-headline tour with Green Day Linkin a too. God damn. And that was Jimmy in, Eat World went out on it. That was in two thousand five. Oh, so it was after Futures. Yeah, it was. Oh, yeah. wow. Damn. Yeah.
3: Okay. So we went twice on that tour. Were they
0: touring were they were they touring Futures on that? Yeah. yeah. So okay. they
3: opened with um Futures. The first song on Futures. <laughs> and they had that. <laughs> yeah. But no, what was really cool Dude that intro fucks me up. It rips. What was really cool though is uh, the way they would open the show, it was it would there wouldn't be that guitar riff. It would just be Jim. He would come out on stage, just no music, nothing, and he would just start singing the chorus, just straight into the chorus. And then right after the chorus gets done, they they all come in and the lights come on and it's a whole band and, it was and like, they dun, start dun, 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 dun. the song yeah. over again. So he just came out, just just him, spotlight on him, Feck black ripping boy. That's so
1: ballsy for a one of three arena opener. I love yeah. that.
3: Yeah.
2: Well, See, I
1: heard a, I heard a really interesting quote from him, actually, on because I, 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 I was listening to some Jimmy Eat World, and I was like, is he sober? Did he get sober? I, I have no conclusive evidence, heads or tails. <laughs> uh, but I, I ended up listening to his episode of uh, Pete Holmes' You Made It Weird that's mm-hmm. that guy's name right pete holmes yeah i get told i look like him sometimes and it's <laughs> oh. weird but i can never remember his eh. name yeah i don't see it either yeah, I was gonna say yeah, but I other people t- tell me they like swear by it they're like you look like pete holmes um <laughs> but anyway no but he's talking on that and he's like so musically like we do what we find engaging like our our job in making a record is to engage ourselves and we don't we worry about, like, doing the best we can do for our audience, but our primary concern is to appease ourselves in making a record. Um, but once you get to visual presentation, whether it's stage show, album art, you know, merch, we we do genuinely think about, like, well, what would we enjoy as music fans? What is the pulse of our fans? What do we think they would like?
0: Man, I'd love it. I need to check that out. I'd I, I wondered. I haven't seen yet. I'll text it to you. Um, <laughs> it's uh, Shane from Silverstein. Oh, yeah, he yeah. He yeah, hosts no. a podcast where he talks to other lead singers and other bands. Oh, it's called cool. lead singer syndrome, right? Yeah, and I'd wondered if he'd talked to Jim or not yet. He talked, I'd listened to Dan Marsala from Story of the Year and Steven Christian from Anne Berlin. Um, I'd listened to a few episodes. I just recently Justin
1: Pierre show. from Motion City Soundtrack's episode's
0: pretty good. Oh, sick. Yeah. Let me check that out. Um, <laughs> what? Uh,
3: I'm, I'm lost on some of these bands. Motion so. City, boy. Yeah. You don't Why know who Motion City Soundtrack is? Like, by by 2007 or 8, I had gotten into, like, Instrumental hip hop. I like it, it. sent me on a different. Let's journey. get fucked yeah. up and die, Mike. Yeah, I discovered Jay Dilla, and it was like he Harold speaking figuratively, of course. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Nicely
0: done. Um, well, Mike, I think that was a good segue into like kind of talking about our experiences um, with the band live. Um, you said you'd seen them a few times, right?
1: Yeah, Mike, you've seen them a few times.
0: Yeah, I'm so cool.
1: No, 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 no. I'm more. <laughs> mean, I'm more. Meant, do you have? Do you have like? And, uh, can you fill some time without other people's interjections <laughs> i i maybe had a few beers downstairs before <laughs> uh, need we started uh, this and i may, <laughs> i may need to use the restroom and i don't oh, know yeah uh, I, may, stories I, here. I don't know if carrying is the right word <laughs> <laughs> so i'm going to duck out while you sure do yeah, your my, thing and i will a, tell a, the story a, of the what first direction time. is the restroom? A tunes
3: tunes first uh, both way. of you know yeah we've had we've had that before so, the first time I saw Jimmy at World was Valentine's Day of 2002. Wow. Uh, and I remember this specifically because um, the f- very first band I was in, in high school, we had our very first show was our Battle of the Bands at our high school. This is my senior year, 2002. Uh, we played in front of the whole school. It, it's, it, that's kind of its own long story, but <laughs> one of our members, our drummer, got suspended because of the show. Uh, just... He pulled yeah. his dick out or something? No, no, no. We, There was a mosh pit that started. That's fucking metal! Uh, we, we weren't, like, punk or anything. We were just kind of poppy. So, that it started. They, the uh, assistant principal tried to stop the show, like, at our second song or something. And uh, Matt, our drummer, he... Like, like, they had someone come in and unplug our amps, right? So, he instructed one of our friends to crawl under the stage and plug them back in. And once we knew they were plugged back in, the, the principal's, like, talking... Uh, Matt was like, "Let's let's go, let's go, let's play," and so we just kept playing. Shit. <laughs> and so uh, we got in trouble for that. Yeah. Um, but anyway, uh, that was that was the 13th of February. That, this is how I remember because the next night we went and saw Jimmy World in Tulsa at Curly's. Curly's is no longer open, but um,
0: what would that have been a? Would they have been touring Bleed American?
3: So yes, uh, it was just after the album had come out, but um, I don't think the middle had released as a single yet at that point. So on this tour though, uh, so they're playing at Curly's, which is like a small venue, it's not big. So they weren't even, they didn't, hadn't even blown up yet. I mean, people knew about them, but you know, it wasn't how they got, you know. Um, but it was on Valentine's Day, and I'm trying to think of the band that opened for them. It was a good band, but anyway, so they had um, Rachel Hayden, She sings some backing vocals on Clarity and on Bleed American. So she was touring with them. And the reason I remember it was Valentine's Day is because she was wearing this outfit, (laughs) like a special Valentine's Day outfit. It was just like a red and black striped kind of thing. But it was an incredible show. And during the opening band, Jim Atkins was just standing. We were just standing kind of a few rows back in in the crowd. And Jim Atkins was just standing right next to us, like watching the band with us. So we had one of my band stickers, and <laughs> my friend like put it in his in his pocket because he was you know how Jim Atkins always wears that black button yeah. up shortly short sleeve shirt. And it has those pockets, so he put one in his pocket. And, and Jim <laughs> Atkins know? was like, was like, this is cool, man. Yeah, he was just kind of, he was really nice, kind of quiet, you know. Wow. But um, yeah. So that was the first time I saw him. But the, that show they so played refresh me. What room was this? This is at Curly's in Tulsa. Okay. Um, R.I.P. No longer open. Yeah. But, um, uh, what was I going to say? Oh, um, that set they played at Curly's, though, even though Bleed American had just released, it was like 80% clarity. It, it wasn't in Static Prevails. It wasn't Bleed American because, like I said, the middle hadn't come out as a single yet. So no well, one... That's
1: what you do right after you put out a record, though, like even today with the internet and stuff. Yeah, like... for
3: sure. Um, yeah, that was my first time seeing them. Um, side note. Speaking of uh, Christy Front Drive, so <laughs> Curly's had a record shop yes, in it. Yes, uh, And so I go in there, and I'm just, like, browsing CDs. And one of the guys working there like, came up to me, and he was just like, can I help you find something? And I was just like, yeah, I'm just kind of looking for new bands, you know. And he was like, well, if, if you like Jimmy Eat World, you should check out this band. And it was... It <laughs> He said something like, "They will knock your ass to the floor," you know. Really? <laughs> About Christy Front. Drive. Yes. And so he hands me my know, my front exact front
1: drive. thoughts on Christy Front drive ass knocking music.
3: <laughs> <laughs> no, exactly. And so, you know, imagine my surprise when I put it in my CD player in my imagine car. Imagine my surprise. And it's just like instrumental, kind of chill. Twinkly. Yeah, like chill most of the time. You know. <laughs> <laughs> kind of emo, but Do you like, like Jimmy
1: Eat
0: World?
3: But it wasn't anything like Jimmy Eat World.
1: <laughs> so. It's well, in, but yeah. I mean, it makes sense because because of that seven inch, it's Jimmy Eat World adjacent. Correct.
3: Yeah, and, and now I get that now, but at the time, I just in, my, in high school, I didn't understand. No, there were two school. There were two schools of
1: like music at that point. It was like this is hard or it's not hard.
3: Right. Exactly. That's exactly right. So at, at the time, I was into more. Yeah, harder, heavier stuff. Like I was listening to like "Saves the Day" and "Get Up Kids" and things like that. So I was I was
1: very specific about what was going to be soft. Like if you were going to be soft at that age, like you had to impress me.
3: <laughs> in my am I discerning sixteen year old taste? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, later on. So I I didn't see him again until uh, that tour with Green Day in two thousand five. Um, actually, yeah, I saw him the summer of two thousand five in Dallas. With Green Day, and then they came back around to OKC in the fall of 2005, um, and I saw them then. They played with, it was but Mars Volto was supposed to open that wow. show, but they're like, sound guy died, like Jesus. like that day, so they had to cancel. So it was just what a fucking bill that would have. Yeah, been. I know. Seriously, and so well, we were I'll
1: fucking pull it together and be a pro. I'm saying Yo, their heart obviously, <laughs> <laughs>
0: their heart wasn't in it.
3: So, uh, but yeah, that, that's what I was saying. That was. That they were promoting uh, futures pretty heavily at that point, so. Uh, but that was a great. Wait a show. minute, but that, the, I, I'm not sure that's the tour I'm thinking of. Oh, maybe not. Then yeah, was I, Blink I, on that tour?
1: Uh, not that I saw. Okay, no, like I'm pretty sure, like right around the, like, that same time, would have been like those Vagrant America comps and like right. Alk Trio and uh, yep. Dashboard were starting to break. I saw
2: Get that Up too. Kids
1: got from what I have heard from Matt Pryor's podcast is. Get Up Kids got offered a co headlining uh, or an opening spot on a Green Day Blink 182. Wow. Co headlining tour in Jimmy Eat World. I mean, right around the time they would have been playing Curly's in Tulsa. Right. Would have been on that tour.
3: Okay. Okay. Yeah. Because it probably would have been
1: after Middle broke, Sweetness or Middle broke. Right. Okay. Yeah. But Get Up Kids turned the tour down and Jimmy Eat World picked it up. Okay. Which is really funny considering those two bands like linked. For
0: sure, yeah.
1: Like there's a, there's a story about like uh, uh, Jimmy World rolling through Casey or Lawrence and playing like a Legion Hall or something, and Jim Septic from the Get Up Kids being at the show, and he comes back with a copy of Static Prevails, and he's like, "This is what we're doing now. Fuck Fugazi." <laughs> <laughs>
3: that's awesome i hadn't heard that before that's great
2: uh yeah
1: like he's just like like, yeah they had been through with boys life, uh-huh and and yeah he was just like this is what we do now (laughs) (laughs) and it was like it was like the
2: template
1: (laughs) which is so funny too because like that's the template and then yeah you end up with four minute mile and clarity which uh-huh. are vastly different records. Absolutely, yeah. Or, or even 4-Minute Mile and Static Static Prevails, Vails, yeah, they're very Vastly different, different yeah. records.
0: Oh, yeah. <laughs> Matt, what about you, man? When the, You said you'd seen them once. We I've both have only, seen them once. I've only
1: seen them once, and they kind of got overshadowed. I don't remember a whole lot about them playing. <laughs> um, I saw them this... It would have been January of either... 2010 I want to say mm-hmm. at the Diamond Ballroom is 2011 does this sound correct this is the same it's one 2011. the same one as the David Invented. Bazan opened yep and I growing up I grew up very Christian very involved Christian but not like pop culture Christian I grew up in a denomination that's like the Catholic Church with all of the pageantry but none of the guilt um, and so like I did, other than like what I would see in my local scene like I did not grow up with a whole lot of Christian music in my life um, and so I had, I like, I'd, I kind of had the similar reaction when somebody was like, Oh, Hey, you should listen to page the lion. I had a very similar reaction to you to Christie front drive mm-hmm. of like, uh, they're like, yeah, no, it's, it's like indie emo music. And I was like, where the fuck is the distortion pedal? And <laughs> um, do these guys not know what gain is on a goddamn guitar? <laughs> uh, and was not concerned with the very poignant and interesting things that, A young David Bazan had to say at that point in time. (laughs) And uh, clearly, I also did not get options as a record uh, Mm -hmm. that was put into my view. But so I'd never heard. And I just remember like he opened his,
0: David Bazan opened his set uh, with foregone conclusions. So solo set. No, he had the full band with him. He played, didn't he play that for the first song solo though, didn't he?
1: He started it solo and then the band came up and kicked in. I
0: fucking in. love that shit. And how it in a, in a lot of ways I feel like that he was wasted on that crowd cuz so many people that oh, yeah, I was around nobody gave a shit. Had no idea who they were all it was like I'm like this guy's fucking it ripping was, right now.
1: There were three guys I went to high school with uh max and ty robertson who were brothers ty was a year older than me max was a year younger than me and i mean i've i've been in dropped out moved home from college by this point and i just go to the show by myself um not expecting to see anybody i know uh and then clark tolbert uh those three dudes are at the show and they're like are you are you like super pumped to see see david bazan and i'm like david David what that's a really dumb fucking band name. What the fuck are you talking about <laughs> and had no idea, but yeah I mean like i i again kind of the same way with Jimmy Eat world like i I worked at the Barnes and Noble at that point, and like went in to, and worked in the music department at the Barnes and Noble at that point and went in and in Bookmaster ordered myself a copy of Curse your branches like the next day when I went to work that's and awesome. I, I do remember. That they opened with Bleed American, though, on yep. that set. They, they did it. open that show. And they played, like, everything I wanted them to play.
0: And they, do you remember what they closed with before the Encores? I do not. Goodbye, Sky Harbor. Oh what? shit!
1: That's right. How did they even do that?
0: Fucking crazy! No, no, and Jim we're talking like the solo. full
1: seventeen minutes of it.
0: Jim finished it out solo on a loop pedal. Oh, mm-hmm. uh, okay, okay. Blew my mind.
1: Yeah. Okay. yeah, no, I do remember that now, actually.
0: And I was just like, you how could how
1: probably jog my memory luck. a lot about their set because I was too young to drink, so I wasn't drunk. <laughs> um, and and like, I I remember being enamored, but my thoughts just kept going back. To David Bazan during that set which is kind of really he ripped well he's he's one of my
0: three favorite songwriters um set list FM you guys familiar mm-hmm. with that? that's actually I had it pulled up because I was looking at what they played and so uh, I'm proud of
1: myself for remembering that they opened that set with Bleed yeah America. they sure did <laughs> because considering the time they very easily could have opened but with it, did. it was invented
0: mm-hmm. Invented was the album there. Right, yep. right, right, right. It's so, just not uh, their coffee, best effort. No, coffee and no. Cigarettes, pretty good song. Coffee and Cigarettes is a great song.
1: But, yeah, but got, uh, uh, all in all, not their best effort. No. But
0: yeah, Bleed American, a praise chorus, uh, Futures, Big Casino.
1: Like, what a great... Like, that is a punch you in the fucking face yeah. opening 4 for yeah. se- Absolutely. Because yeah. it feels to me, too, like they may have broken for, like, to switch guitars after praise chorus but that they did not they were not chatty before. oh no features. it was
0: it was rapid fire
1: I, I feel like there had to have been like guitar switches there though because uh, they were not tuning their guitars nah. <laughs> and so like, i feel then, like it was maybe three songs switch because i remember too just like they did not talk
0: a lot like nah. they played they were there to rock and i remember them specifically playing pain and 23 back to back yes and it fucked me up i was like this is amazing
3: Oh my gosh, I, you guys just jogged my memory of another time I saw Jimmy World. I thought I only saw him <laughs> three times, but I forgot about this I forgot time. about
1: the other 15 times Wait, I've seen Jimmy. Was even. that no, in London?
3: No, uh, but you said they were not chatty reminded me. I saw them at Edgefest in Tulsa. Oh shit. Okay. Uh, this would have been in like 2003 or four, uh, but they only played for like 15 minutes and they were the headliner. Like, what? What? But the reason is, is because like. I think it was like Seven Dust and like uh, so all the these new other metal bands Soup went played. <laughs> uh, Zebrahead was there. Shout out to Bowling
2: for
1: Soup, baby. Yeah. Hey, that was the first proper show I ever went to. Bowling for Soup? Bowling for Soup and Simple Plan. Awesome. Dude, shout out to Simple Plan. On 1, 2, 3. It was on
3: January 2nd,
2: 2003.
3: Oh, shit. <laughs> there you go. But yeah, the Edge Fest, it was like, there was some mixture of bands like that. But then like, as the night went on it was just a bunch of like metal bands that I wasn't <laughs> listening to, like Seven Dust and whatever else. And Jimmy World was somehow the headliner like be, be behind Hell those shit. bands. But the, it went so late that they were like closing it down. Like, and oh. so Jimmy World only had like, it's literally 15 minutes to play. Damn. And they're like, so. that's fine. We feel bad
1: for the kids who stuck around to watch us, but we're still getting played, you know. Yeah. Thirteen grand to play this fucking. Right, totally yeah, I totally forgot shared. about that. It was like oh. pretty Damn. unmemorable. Well, because you basically yeah. well, didn't see Jimmy yeah. World. Yeah. Play. Yeah. You saw an extended Craig Kilborn set. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Any uh, any any memory of like what they did get to play at all?
3: Uh, yeah, well, I mean, I think they opened like like what you just almost described. But I mean, this would have been well into Bleed American at that point, but probably before Futures, because I remember, I I actually think I was still a freshman in college, maybe. But maybe I was a sophomore at that time. So it was like o three o four, okay, somewhere around there. But no, I, I don't remember. <laughs> it was right. very unremarkable. Yeah, well, I, mean, I almost sucks. forgot completely
0: about it. Yeah. They uh, So Jimmy World on their social media, they actually posted a picture after the Diamond Ballroom show. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And I'm front and fucking center, baby. What? Yeah, this yeah, is me baby. Right Oh, young Harold. Pass that picture down. Oh, yeah, look uh, at that. It's beardless baby Harold. I have to post yeah, this. He's wearing a hat though. I have to post this on the. Uh, yeah, social is that network. you in the in the it, Volcom shirt? It's like the greenish shirt.
1: Is it, that a Volcom shirt? It's what it's is it? It's actually a
0: May shirt. I don't know if you guys listen to May at all. I uh, I was
1: actually talking with the bartender downstairs also about how like looks like Minnesota Timberwolves. Yeah, I
0: could see yeah. that. <laughs> what were you saying? Uh,
1: I was talking with the bartender downstairs about how like I was the kid in high school, and I uh, my my friend Nicole did not help this cause at all because she was very much the same where, like, I would listen to punk rock, metal, indie, emo, like, all of those things. Like, you were you were equal parts likely to find me, like, at a Sum 41 show or a Ben Queller concert. Amazing. Oh, yeah. Um, and so I remember, like, back-to-back weekends once with her. Like being at a May and Acceptance show at the Green Door. Shout out to Acceptance, And then bro. the, like, immediate following weekend, watching Cattle Decapitation at the Green Door. <laughs> it's, called, uh,
0: it's called diversity. It's it's called, so get it's you a guy that can do both. It's called the Green Door back It's called then. being a kid in high school <laughs> who has, like,
1: four friends and really digs going to shows. <laughs> and
0: Acceptance. I remember All I remember about Acceptance was their guitarist left to be in Anne-Berlin.
1: Uh. Why they're basically the same band?
0: <laughs> yeah, we wanted that Stephen Christian clout. I guess. I I, what does that mean? I don't, I have no <laughs> I'm just making shit up.
1: <laughs> no, I just I, I I was saying that out of ignorance. I figured there's probably like three people laughing at that joke. Oh, <laughs> and I'm I'm not one some real clout. Uh,
0: just because he's like more well known or whatever. Like,
1: uh, no, I mean I get that Amberlynn's the yeah. bigger band. I know that for sure. But
0: I did like Acceptance. though. So kind of underrated. Did you ever listen to them?
1: I have no idea. He's is. way he's way too old. I'm, I'm, They're yeah. p good. They're p good. You're what? Forty <laughs> <Yeah>, six, roughly. <laughs> roughly, he'll be forty six this, li- this winter. I, li- I like to tease all my friends. This is great for me because I think it's the first time I've ever hung out with Mike, <laughs> where there's anybody <laughs> like within five years of my age around. <laughs>
3: Oh yeah, because
1: I'm usually like the youngest person in the room when I'm hanging out with them. That's true.
3: We played a show with you not too long. I forgot to mention that at the top of the yeah. And I was
1: also the youngest person in
3: that. Yeah, you probably were, (laughs) because Carly played with us too, and she's almost my age. So God, just like like, what was it
1: like seeing Fleetwood Mac on the Rumors tour? Jesus, (laughs) you know, Stevie Nicks was a a real babe, still is
2: (laughs) to this day. Got the poster.
3: I'm sorry.
1: It's so it's so rare that Uh, I get to make fun of people for being older than me. Usually, I'm being made fun of for being born in 1990. Jesus, I don't think I've ever said anything to you about
3: it. Usually, we're drinking beers and don't
2: give a shit. Usually, we're
1: watching James Nim get drunker than both of us, which is. D- considering good. how drunk I get is insane, <laughs> <laughs> but he somehow every every time seems to be drunker than I am. <laughs> uh,
0: so we've we've kind of talked about this uh, a little bit, but I just wanted to be a, a little bit more pointed with it. Um, a lot of um, bands that I find like this or albums I will find around the same time as as other albums that I equally love. And so I wondered if you guys had something like that. Was there like a a band that resonated with you maybe around the same time? Was there an album that stuck out to you that you found around the same time as Bleed American?
3: Uh, I mean, yes. I kind of lumped Jimmy World in with a lot of the vagrant bands around that time, just like kind of first wave Maybe not first wave emo, but I think people consider them like third it wave was or second whatever. Second wave? Yeah. It would you consider the uh, Midwest? It was excuse the first, me, yeah. let me push my glasses yeah, up. Right.
1: It would be considered uh, second wave Midwest <laughs> emo with contemporaries such as uh, Captain Jazz American Football, the Get Up Kids uh, Mineral, and uh, The Promise Ring.
2: Well, there you go. That <laughs> was my,
1: that was my CD American book football. in my and car, basically. Was that really your CD book in your yeah, car? Yeah, a lot of that, yeah. Amazing.
3: Um, but I kind of lumped them in with them around, around that time. I'd, I was listening heavily to uh, Something to Write Home About, for sure, oh. around that time. Um, how, old,
1: how old were you when that record came out?
3: Uh, let's see. Something or when you how- found it? Uh, I was 17. That is the same age I found that record at. Okay, yeah. Whoa. I was really curious about Trippy. that. Trippy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think the album had come out one or two years before. Or it was like 99. It was 99, yeah. So, yeah, I, I found that album 2000. I didn't find it like friends showed me They're like you I mean, that's this. finding it. I think I think that yeah. qualifies. Uh, but yeah, I was 17, eighteen right around that time. That's way cooler than I how I found
1: out I about the get up kids.
2: So.
3: <laughs> but yeah, I kind of lumped Jimmy Eat World in with them at the time. but I will say an album that uh, I kind of still cherish a lot from that exact time uh, is Not a Surf Let Go, which is wow. a, which is my favorite album ever. Really? Wow. It's my number one album ever. And so when I was kind of researching for this podcast episode uh, last night, I was reading you know uh, the reviews for Bleed American and Pitchfork.
0: Oh, I was actually gave I a, this yeah. this
3: album three point five out of ten. They did right. So I they, thought I got a five out of ten. Uh, no, I would just look at it. Well, I don't know. No, I mean
1: you would know better than I. I, I th- this is secondhand
0: information that I'm going off of. I thought I got a five, but pitchfork yeah. was that was one of their big bad takes that uh, year
1: well and well and
3: they uh, they so, came back on it like 10 almost 10 years yeah. later so not a surf let go also got 3.5 out of time from pitchfork like right Holy around shit. that same time they, so they have like,
1: notoriously like <laughs> fucked up and then tried to whitewash their history
3: though. yeah i was about to say i think when not a surf did their tour for like like 15 years of let go or something like yeah, Pitchfork was like, "Oh, this is a masterpiece." Blah blah blah. Okay. Trying to make yeah. good. Same thing with like Clarity and uh, Jimmy World. I remember Just tons of N- records, N-M-E man. NME
0: gave a, gave it an eight to of ten. I remember that. Yeah, one. a lot of
3: a lot of the review sites gave it. It really was critically scores. acclaimed, right? Yeah. yeah, it was. Yeah, just Pitchfork. They wanted know, to have, have a fucking dicks. take on. Pitchfork it. has a lot of bad hot takes, though. They do. <laughs>
1: I will tell you that Pitchfork is Pitchfork a take. has given me one of the the greatest gifts in my life, which is, the review, of panic of the discos fever you can't sweat out <laughs> it is like it's them at like they're they're reaching with sarcasm at this point because they just whoever is reviewing this record has which i am not a fan of the band or the record but has such deep disdain Jesus. For everything that's happening. Yeah, what is that? Like, he refers to, like, Brendan Urie's voice at one point of sounding like it's being, like, softly karate chopped, (laughs) but in the worst way. It's the funniest. It's Like, do yourself a favor. Look up Pitchfork Review, Fever You Can't Sweat Out. It's a funny read. Hating asses. It's a (laughs) a hate-a-raid. Shit. So, who other... uh, So, the Vagrant Band. So, at that point, that would have been Get Up
3: Kids. Uh, Saves the day, for sure. Dashboard, Mm, early... Well... Like I kind of lumped Dashboard in there, even though I don't think he was on Vagrant right at the time. Uh, uh, maybe he was, but like Promise Ring for sure. Was he tooth
1: and nail for his first record? Uh,
3: I, I can't remember so. now. It's been it's been a long time. I I have them at home, but I can't remember. What no, I'm just lame and care about that stuff. Uh, <laughs> but any of the, yeah, Promise Ring. Um, I'm trying to think of who else was around that time, but yeah, Jawbreaker, Jesper Brazil, of course, oh, after Jawbreaker. God. So. Uh, a lot of those bands kind of had this like melodic. Um, it was before like screaming really came into like emo, yeah. quote unquote. But like it was very melodic sort of emotion. No, it's true, man. Uh, head
0: for the head for the hills. I
3: think still one of my favorite
0: saves the day tracks.
3: Yeah, yeah. yeah. But like song. stay what you are. I mean, it's just a fantastic album all the front way through, front to back. Yeah. The bass player, Eben. Oh my. God. God. The real, the real <laughs> masterclass. As, as a bass guy, yeah, yeah, for sure, yeah.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, you and I, have...
3: we've talked about this. We've, uh, yeah, yeah, you and
1: I have talked at nauseam about like, <laughs> yeah. how how great the bass work on that record. Absolutely, is. yeah,
3: it's
0: <laughs> absolutely stunning. Uh, was that like? Did you? Uh, yeah, yeah, more? yeah. What were you met?
1: Uh, th- it was probably later that they opened up doors for me because at that point, like, I was still. Listening pocket. to what was on the radio because I was young enough that I was not maybe brazenly exploring for music. It was more of what is it's still like what's being put right in front right. of your
0: face. You're not like seeking stuff out as much.
1: Yeah, but I remember like pretty young though. Even like I kind of got really bored with whatever was on modern rock radio or alternative radio at that point, and started that. That was the point where I started going through and reading the liner notes on records. And that was what got and I remember reading the liner notes on that record. And then it would have been a couple of years later. It would have been like 2004. Uh, Reading the liner notes on that record. um, Reading the liner notes on uh, Is a Real Boy by Say Anything, which was like a treasure trove of like holy hell it's like, like max Venus man that bands. guy's like a well nobody great writer of our time well but he thanked all of the like the line have you ever did you own a copy of that cd i didn't okay like the liner notes on that record in the n- sheer volume of bands that they they, they they basically were like thanks mom dad brother sister girlfriend bands <laughs> and it was like, and i mean like, i'm not shitting you it was like 50 or 60 bands wow. like i mean and some like deeper cut bands like Rainier Maria and so like by that point like I I ended up like later on seeing Rainier Maria open up for the format uh, but would have never had context for who they were without like liner notes on records Damn. Uh, and cool. so it was kind of like similar to him like I kind of came in to like a lot of that vagrant shit like got really into Alkaline Trio because mm-hmm. uh, it was this weird point where I was like I was really starting to get into punk rock. I was really, really starting to get into punk rock, and so Alkaline Trio kind of was a bridge between like the Epitaphs of that time and the Fat Records. Like it was kind of like, why is this band? Like there was almost kind of this air of like, why is this band on Vagrant? Was like,
3: it Alkaline Trio that had uh, the Suicide Machines drummer after later, or was he like originally in there? I can't remember. No, speaking he he was the second drummer. He was the second drummer. Yeah, between, I labels. believe
1: so. That sounds correct. Yeah, yeah, that sounds correct. That he would have come in on like, um, I think it may have been lit. Yeah, agony uh, and irony, maybe, uh, maybe. Yeah, or uh, I'm trying to remember now. But
0: speaking of, crossing if over Josh
1: like Montgomery listens to this episode <laughs> and I'm Emos. wrong, he's going to curse me
0: <laughs> forever. It's hey, uh. payback. It's payback for him not remembering. Oh, oh yeah. Shit. Oh
1: yeah. No, and so but I also got into a bunch of that emo stuff. Uh, I remember getting a mix CD from a guy that you and I went to middle school with, named Brian Heine. Know if you remember? I remember this the cat name. It's just kind of weird. Like he was like, he would have seemed weird at the time, but it was because none of us had reverence for like how cool this dude was, <laughs> like. Like that unassuming kind of like zero fucks given cool and to like possess that as a 13 or 14 year old is insane. <laughs> uh, and that was what this, but he gave me this mix CD uh, and was just like, hey, my brother made this for me. Like, I think you might like some of the stuff on it. I was like, okay, cool. And it had that, we're gonna die like this, you know. I I couldn't even tell you the name of that, that Taking Back Sunday song. But it had that. Um at the same time I was gifted a copy of Rock Against Bush volume 2. I remember that. <laughs> uh which like introduced me to like a lot of Midwestern punk rock. Uh like Dillinger 4 is the first time I ever heard Hot Water music.
3: Yeah. Um
1: cool, there was a yellow card cover of Lagwagon which I was not super excited about. <laughs> I, and listening to the song, I was like, "Well, this song's corny, but like the song seems cool." Who's this band Lagwagon? And so, like, I end up listening to Lagwagon, which gets me into no use for a name, which like drags me back into '90s Fat Records, which leads me the rabbit the hole, to rabbit hole, man. Yeah, you no, know, and that and, and it was a rabbit hole because then like. Propagandi and the only propagandi song i liked at the time because it was like way too metal for me was gifts which then leads me to john k samson which takes me to the weaker <laughs> thans which then loops me back into all this other emo like it was a weird rock against bush volume two did a lot of weird things for me <laughs> opened a lot of doors It opened a lot of doors and kind of ruined my life <laughs> i would probably be a college graduate if i had not received that compilation um but this does, the, taking it back to Taking Back Sunday and, you know, through Jimmy World, kind of finding that Victory Records world. Um, I have a beef with a former epi- episode of your podcast. Oh, here it is. Your Taking Back Sunday episode, in which it was never brought up that Cute Without the E by Taking Back Sunday has the exact same uh, structure and chord progression as Crash by Dave Matthews Band. (laughs)
0: Mike? (laughs) I knew Mike would laugh just like that. that. (laughs) You were very excited when I pointed
1: that out to you the other day while I I was was listening (laughs) to the episode. I was like, how the fuck did nobody bring this up? I've I've drunkenly ranted to Josh about (laughs) this.
0: I was like, God damn it! It's, it's, he tried to take it up with me. I'm like, dude, you get your boy
1: Josh. Hey, I'm saying all, all parties involved are at fault because <laughs> that that guilty by association. That song has pervaded American culture for far too long for anybody to ignore it. And so, if you <laughs> think for a second fault. that you can hear both of those songs and not hear the similarities, I'm disappointed in you
3: <laughs> as a person. I want Dave Matthews. Have you have program. you ever thought about that, Mike? Uh, no, but I'm gonna go home right after this and <laughs> mash it up. I, oh I, my god
1: instead of being the drunk guy in college who played crash at parties i just would play crash to show that they were both the same song. you're like listen <laughs> listen it's the same fucking song <laughs> fu- i'm too drunk i can't play guitar right now but i swear
0: you're like charlie day and always it's always it was, sunny. It was like, a, the a, strings it's a
2: conspiracy <laughs> <laughs> yes
1: yes i think i think that whatever record label Dave Matthews band was on in 1996 <laughs> had a lot to do with say anything getting robbed by Tony Victory at Victory Records.
2: <laughs> Jesus.
1: Um but yeah, no, that that record did open up a lot for me though and it 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 kind of like taught me sonically what I like.
0: So I think this is another case of like I may just be us like coming from different places or finding the record at a different time that the rec- the the things that come to mind for me are... There was just like this, this span from 2003 to 2007-ish of like... Because that's what I found uh, Bleed America in 2003 was when I first was like, oh shit, like what is this song? Pa- uh, sweetness. And then that, you know, that was like the first hit.
1: Did you like, like not I'm, have TVs or a
0: radio in your home? I don't know what it was. Like, I, <laughs> I don't know what it was because... I, well, I, no, I'd said that the middle because I remember... Yeah, you'd um, seen the music video. The music video. So, like, I knew that song and stuff, but, like, the one that really stuck out was Sweetness on that NHL game.
1: Which is super interesting because that's, like, not a lyrically profound song.
0: No, I just remember thinking... It's well,
1: a ripper it's of a song. Harold cool. was
3: listening. Whoa, whoa. <laughs> 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 He was. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> Nicely
3: done, Miguel.
1: Well
0: played. <laughs> um, But records that stuck out to me at that time, I think of stuff like North by Something Corporate, um oh space is the jam man yeah that's a good song um i'm just a big fan i got I, I love jack's mannequin as well um i think of uh this could be a possibility by valencia that was a great album um big valencia fan for sure um and then i mean you got things like rooney self-titled uh it's
3: MTV
1: Two Jam for me too. Yeah, Blue
3: Side would have been the video I would have seen. I thought on MTV yeah. Rooney's two. came more out of the Strokes sort of it did. wave. It did, you know?
1: but it was man, that was a really that like especially like the earlier end, like two thousand two to two thousand five, because I think we were both of an age where we didn't know what we liked yet. Uh, it was all kind of being mashed. Like I can remember a time where. Like, on MTV, like, you would see, like, the video for Toxicity by System of a Down, followed by, um...
3: Like, Dashboard Confessional. Followed by, yeah, like, maybe,
1: like, Streaming Infidelities by Dashboard Confessional. It was a wide. Followed by, um, No One Knows by Queens of the Stone (laughs) Age. They
2: love to play that video. Um, (laughs) and then
1: maybe that Vine's... Music video where get like free. all the sand is exploding. That oh, like yeah. no free. one loves get me. Free. Why get would free, yeah. anyone? I love that album. By yeah, the and that is a good album. And then like the Hives too. And yeah, the, like the Hives. Or but at the same time, like you'd get played like the middle by Jimmy Eat World and <laughs> Rooney and the Last Night video. The by yeah, the mm-hmm. like all all within a block without there being a commercial break. And then there would be a there would be a commercial for uh the mushroom head tour that was going on <laughs> and um you know maybe used box full of sharp objects live DVD. <laughs> yeah like that that was a commercial set that would happen on mtv2 during that
0: time that is true man it was just like a these guys were like shaping the taste of like a whole generation it was just it
1: was very rock pervasive uh-huh. it was It's. it's astonishing because like when you think about it it was like yeah, there was hip-hop on the radio, but it was, like, back that ass. And, I mean, I'm spanning a larger span of time, but this even speaks to how not pervasive hip-hop and R&B really was at this point. Is It's like maybe My Pony by Genuine. What? No, that was way earlier. Uh, it was, was way, way earlier.
3: <laughs> that was 94. Yeah, what? okay. No, that would have been way earlier. right. Yeah, yeah, I was listening to that on the school bus in 94. <laughs> Shit. And
1: I yeah. thought it was about a horse.
3: <laughs> it's It's about little Sebastian.
0: I,
1: I hate to break this to you. It's about his dick.
3: What? <laughs> uh, it's the okay. whole world.
1: Genuine is still as pure as the uh, yeah. first winter snow. He's genuine. <laughs> he's, he's genuine.
0: Well well done. Nicely. Well done.
1: done. But no, like I mean like I mean like but at that time it would have been like big pimpin'. Uh yeah, well, I think maybe G- some Eminem, like yeah, uh, Eminem was getting big. Ja Rule was huge. Ja Rule, ja Rule, and Jennifer I mean, Lopez, like Song
3: Song, Cisco, <laughs> yeah, yeah, but, but it wasn't great for hip hop.
1: Well, I'm not, I'm not even saying quality. I'm saying quantity of hip hop being played on MTV at that point. It oh, was still, oh, yeah, it was still very either pop centric or rock centric. Yeah, like, there that were, is true. There were two sides. You had your Britneys, your Christina Aguileras, you're coming out of the boy bands at that point um Sync and Backstreet Boys are getting a little bit less play um
3: yeah Britney Spears was huge around that time P Diddy
1: has just started calling himself P Diddy and the Bad Boys for Life music video is getting premiered on uh, TRL shit. that was one of the few times I was around MTV Is I remember the day that the the P Diddy started Puff Daddy's car started calling himself P Diddy and they premiered the Bad Boys for Life music <laughs> video on on TRL with Carson Daly
3: <laughs> oh yeah gosh I totally forgot about that show
0: uh the only I only had two other ones I was gonna mention. Um that stuck out my from stuck out to me from this time is The Guest by Phantom Planet.
1: Oh uh, what a record. And uh,
0: uh what was the one I was gonna mention?
1: Which Oh the, Aha Shake Heartbreak. That's oh god also another thing you I just have no idea do, what that is. Do you just know nothing of Kings of Leon at all?
3: Uh, no, I have never listened to a Kings of Leon album. I mean, really, I've heard their singles. That's it. I, I
1: I'd honestly, for your taste, I would suggest their first two records. Okay, oh
2: yeah.
3: I'm you
1: might sure. totally fucking hate them, but I, I bet I would s- like them. But I could see a place where you would like both of those records.
0: Like a, d- at least that, yeah. that a couple songs. There's at least one or two songs that will stick I, out
1: to you. So you'll love this though, because you're familiar, like, with their catalog back to back. I used to torture an ex-girlfriend of mine. She like hates Caleb Falwell's voice. And uh, I you, you brought up California Waiting earlier, like yeah. least favorite Kings of Leon song of what? hers by far. She doesn't have a favorite; she just has a least favorite Kings of <laughs> Leon Jesus. song. And of all of them, that and, one? no, no, and it's because of like the oh, hey, <laughs> California Waiting. the <laughs> little thing to be just
2: right. That's a
1: pretty good impression. I, I do it well. I do it well. Wow. But like, and so I used to like put that cd in or like play it on the ipod on the road trip, intro
3: and be like <laughs> uh, uh,
1: uh. he's like groaning in the intro too which is <laughs> great but no and i'd be like we're gonna play a road trip game called what the fuck is killed will saying and she would just like god damn it like i sent a picture of it to her the other day like she texted me about something and i was just like Hey, guess what I was listening to when you sent me this text? And she just sent back like the side eye, straight <laughs> mouth emoji, <laughs> and, and was God damn it! Yeah, it's that it's the same emoji she sends me when I send her my bowling scores, and she's like <laughs> bowling scores. She's she she is under the belief that I'm good at everything I do. When she's just not good at sports stuff, mm-hmm. and so like anything with hand eye coordination, she's not very good at. So she's like, <laughs> why are you good at every game? And I'm like, I mean, I'm not good at anything useful. Like, you're you have a career and have a college degree. <laughs> I'd rather have that. I've spent most the, of my i tw- uh, I've spent most of my twenties living with my parents. <laughs> <laughs> I used to get razzed
0: a lot about Kings of Leon and I had a buddy that used to be like, uh, he'd be like, Hey, Harold, what's that song by Kings of Leon goes And I'm like, Oh my God. Yeah, would
1: would you say that you. they would uh Raz the kid?
0: Raz the uh, kid. Mike's like, What the fuck are y'all Boo Boom. The yeah. fucking guitar work on the, Okay, this is not the Kings of Leon cast, but the fucking guitar work on those first few
3: albums is just like. I'll, I'll listen to them for sure. Man. My music taste had you changed have homework. drastically. <laughs> by You're the point. one who
1: got home from this podcast with homework. I know, yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> got to match it's, up. A, it's about Jimmy World, but we spent the last 10 minutes talking about a completely unrelated Kings of Leon. Though <laughs> so, Molly's Chambers would have been on the radio at the same time as, like, In the Middle and Sweetness. That's true. And then we we heard nothing of but them. They, in, and then Top 40 Radio, though, heard nothing of them until Sex on Fire or You Somebody.
0: They blew up in England first.
1: I know. there was Back, a great
0: you, you probably heard them in England. Yeah. I was there. Yeah, They were friends with I the Strokes. There. They were friends with the Strokes. Were you a Ben Queller fan? I was
1: a huge Ben
3: Queller fan. They were friends the, with Ben Queller? The, the time yeah.
0: around that you would have been there when you picked up that Strokes record. Kings Leon probably would have been pretty big there. At that no, they, no, they, they, they still wouldn't. would have
1: been
3: Club Small. What? When was it? 2001? Yeah, yeah. Oh, they still would have been. Yeah, they, Never mind. Uh, this is right after <laughs> September 11th when I went there. Oh, that's like, right. They still had military guys in the airport. I'm thinking like 03. Like, guns drawn. I'm not they, kidding. They were barely laying the planes off the ground. We had to travel by ship. <laughs> <laughs> Took weeks. Weeks to get across the pond. Jesus. <laughs> like that Swedish
1: girl who's lying to all of us about climate change.
2: Greta. <laughs> <laughs> Topical.
1: <laughs> Topical humor.
0: Uh, okay, to kind of wrap up the uh, the, the uh, related bands thing, I wanted to do what I did for the uh, for the Taking Back Sunday episode, is that I had um, looked at Last FM. They do like a similar artist to Jimmy Eat World, and mm-hmm. I wanted to talk to you guys about wh- who they have listed as like similar to. Okay, and get your take on that. Yeah. So they have a top ten. Number ten: The Starting Line. Did you not I've not never at listened all. The, I've never listened to Starting Line. I I
1: found this Starting Line through that sec Did you ever own a copy of Stick and, Sticks and Stones by Newfound Glory? There was a secondary CD that came in there which was like bands we like and it had like I want to say it had like an H2O song. It had What It Is to Burn by Finch. It had Shout out to Finch. <laughs> Today is on fire. <laughs> <laughs> um and then uh Best of Me by Starting Line, and then there was like one other song on there The it,
0: best of me remember. is really like their only song. It's the only like, good one. It's yeah. like it's
1: like how the Ataris only wrote that Don McLean song. Yeah. <laughs> right. And Michael Jackson, right? Or was that was Alien Ant Farm Steve. Yeah, that yeah. was Alien Ant Farm. Excuse and that's really not fair because there were like there there were a couple of movies that song Sandemus. San Demas. Yeah, I had heard a couple that. good songs. I've heard that. Yeah, they they had a couple. Chris, I, I guess, I guess Chris Rowe is a fan of mine. I I've opened for him a couple of times, and he keeps asking. that's legit. He's that's asked, awesome. He's asked me to open for him. A, like he, I guess he like asked for some of my merch, and I just told somebody to give it to him.
0: That's awesome.
1: <laughs> and so, but
0: so that was number ten, starting okay. Line. Okay, number nine, we got brand new. Uh, Not touching that with a ten foot
3: pole. I've heard some brand new songs, but eh. We won't yeah. touch that one. Yeah. You found glory. Oh, no. ironically. I don't think so at all.
1: <laughs> uh, no, not a, a, another music video you would have seen on MTV too at that point. Oh, for yeah, sure. For My sure. Friends ever You. Yeah. I had a head on collision in yeah. My Friends ever You, but I, I, that's a very – di- I take, would I, I would I would couple them more in with like the Blink-182s of the world than I would have with
0: – Over Jimmy World for sure. Yeah,
1: Jimmy World was kind of off in their own ether, which – Considering their history, really makes sense. Like mm-hmm. I, I would definitely file them away much more, even though the age difference there. Like I would file them away much more with what Mike was talking about mm-hmm. than with a newfound glory.
0: Uh, Motion City soundtrack.
1: Yes, yeah. for me.
0: You don't. You're not familiar, are you? Mike? I'm not super familiar, but no. I, I think they're in that same yeah. vein for sure. Yeah. Something corporate actually they had on here. I don't think so. Something no. corporate no. is definitely more. If you're going more like piano driven, man, I guess I'm having to think though. Like in my friend group at that time, I mean that's what that's one that sweetness I sweetness
1: was probably being played right next to space by something yeah. corporate. Like yeah, but, I can I can remember being, but with friends not in those carbon songs.
0: copy. But I mean the real introspective and like the lyrics being really meaningful and that way. But it's definitely more piano driven, I feel like something Yeah. any anything Andrew McMahon. Well yeah,
1: because I mean he played that was his primary instrument was piano. But I think Sonic I don't think it would have been out of this world had they had they been on tour together.
0: Uh, Yeah, I agree.
3: Um Alkaline Trio. Uh I not musically, but uh well time and place. Yeah, I mean, they were definitely around the same. They toured a lot with the same band, so it was like. Yeah, yeah but again, they. That. I think I think that it comes back to like,
1: Alkaline Trio could have easily been on Epitaph or Fly right, at the right. same time. Yeah, and it makes total sense that Jimmy World was on DreamWorks. Which well, shout out to
3: Epitaph, by the way. Well, it's weird though because like you're you're naming all these other bands, but. When I listen, I listen to JB World a lot, and I also listen to Alkali and Trio a lot, and I haven't listened to those other bands really at all. So it's, I don't know, that's interesting. It's to me.
0: funny because this list is like, I don't know if it's just like, I mean, there's no way. Is this last FM? Yeah. Well, hang on. Let's. So you guys didn't know I was doing this, but it's like so many bands we've already talked about. The right. next that is very strange. The next one saves the day. Yeah.
1: Wow. No, and those two I would totally yes. pair together. Yeah. Like, if you were to <laughs> give me a group of three bands that you could pair together very easily, like, I think you could tie. Saves the day, get up kids, and Jimmy World together. Yeah. Like, very for sure. The next one's get up kids. Yeah. Definitely. Very neatly, yeah. very tightly. Yeah. Like, that's
0: totally agree. That okay. all makes sense to me. So, these are the top two. <laughs> I feel two, like I'm going to hate these. <laughs> number two, Dashboard Confessional. I mean, again, it, again, fits. it again, fits. Yeah. It fits. <laughs> yeah that's uh, that's
1: the fourth one in there.
0: It's the, f- I like, it th- 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 was the exact same reaction when I was reading this. I was like, what? And I was like, well. No, I
1: mean, that now makes hang sense. Hang on a second here. Yeah. Jim, nope. The 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 moral of this list is that Jimmy World should have been on Vagrant.
3: Yeah, well, I, that's why I, I said earlier I lump them in with all those Vagrant bands. Yeah,
1: because I mean they they're from the same family tree. Mm-hmm. Except for Saves the Day,
3: the
0: number one. Oof. We've talked about them in the, uh, Green Day on this episode. The Green uh, Taking Back Sunday. Oh really? Taking Back Sunday. Uh, do, I think that makes
1: all I I I don't think that like sonically or in any way tangible that makes sense, but the same audience are, listens to both there statements. are so many kids. I could see that there are so many kids that were like 11, 12, 13, 14 at that age who went on to worship that Jersey and Long Island scene that True. came That's that right. came out about three years. And I also I would also venture to say that without Bleed American that scene doesn't happen. I agree with that. I concur. totally. I think that bands like and that's that scene's a very weird intersection because I think it's it's of a place of bands that were really into like Quicksand and Fugazi, but also were really in to a lot of that Midwestern emo at the same it was like because they did you can hear all those bands like tell stories about how like they would have shows Uh, on Long Island or in New York where you would have a hardcore band and then an emo band and then a hardcore band and then an emo band and like half the crowd would file out when the emo band was playing and half the crowd would file out when the hardcore band was playing and I'm sure that these kids on, you know, in Jersey and Long Island would go into the city and go watch and they would be the same way we were when we first started going to our small club shows and it was just like, oh my God, these are all musicians. This is all fucking amazing. None of these people have. (laughs) Um and that's that's kind of what that got birthed
3: out of. So to me that makes sense. True. I think it's interesting though that it lumped it Jimmy World more with the bands that came after rather than maybe something that came before like Sunny Day Sunny Day Real Estate or something. Because no. I can kind of see that connection. Wow, I didn't think especially about that. with like clarity and stuff. Yeah, you know, it has absolutely. more of that Holy instrumental shit. complexity. Well we need to call last
0: FM, be like, listen, Miguel's got some input. Um I'm,
1: yeah. I'm going to send them a strongly worded email. <laughs>
0: My MLA double space their ass. <laughs> uh, not nah, I me. Mean, I think that kind of wraps it up with a nice bow. Like we we've, you know, talked about the gamut of, you know, these albums. You know, not only just Bleed American, but this band has really resonated with us. And I just really wanted to get to the bottom of like what it was, and hearing you guys' input and like the differences and similarities is just like so interesting to me. So I appreciate you guys taking the time. Why don't you tell people where they could follow you on? Social media, maybe keep up with your shows. Like look for you on the, like whatever you whatever you got
3: going on. Uh, I'm Mike Allen. You can follow me on Instagram at Muddy Mallon. Uh, I post a lot of my art on there. Uh, we've I've got a show with James Nim, former, and maybe future uh, cast podcast guest. (laughs) I was was looking for the right (laughs) word there. Nicely done, Mike. But yeah, we've got one coming up at the Speakeasy November 9th. It's not the 16th, it's the 9th. Uh, And it's Saturday Night Live themed. We are streaming that online. We're streaming it here at the Tower, I heard. What? Was I not supposed to say that?
0: Oh, uh, (laughs) some of us are going to be helping... Stream it at Speakeasy.
3: Oh, okay, I see. I got so you. Some
0: of us, some of the people from Tower, are gonna be. Able
3: I got gotcha. you. Gotcha. Okay, that was not explained to me no, correctly. Then, okay. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, w- that's coming up uh, November 9th, and um, and you can see my comics every Sunday on nondoc dot com. Nice. Where
0: you Matt?
1: Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at MattJewitt underscore ninety. Um, I have a whole hell of a lot going on. I don't know. Be on the lookout. Early next year I'll be putting out a live record I recover I recorded a couple of months ago called uh It Always Ends the Same Alive at the Speakeasy.
2: Nice. I've so heard this album. You oh, you've already heard you, it? Were you there when I recorded it? I was it? there too. It was But sick. I've also heard the The mixes are mix. very nice. Yes. The mixes are very nice. Real so crispy. Yeah. So it's very good.
1: There's that and then I'm sure I'll start some dumb punk rock band soon. <laughs> I've got, Be on the lookout for that. Thing. I've, at, I'm almost a year and a half deep of not having played any dumb punk rock band shows, so <laughs> I'm in. I'm in talks with several people who don't
0: want to play music with me to convince <laughs> them. To <do. laughs> oh, what about you, Harold? What do you have going on? Oh man, just uh, you know, tune in weekly for the episodes. You know, we're dropping shit, talking about dumb stuff. We got a hentai episode coming up, oh, which is Jesus. interesting. Wait, hentai. We're talking about hentai in a future episode. This is a Toons Toons exclusive. I don't usually ever talk about like upcoming episodes like this, but I this is a nice opportunity. No one's ever asked.
1: I know I, it's because I'm thought I just want to thank you for giving me the opportunity to be on any sort of public platform where the most <laughs> offensive thing I've said is that Dave Matthews band and Taking Back Sunday have similarities.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: All the other
0: shit we're like yeah that, that holds up that
1: holds up but and then no, you get to uh, that and we're uh, like what the fuck that's the only potentially offensive thing I've said which for anybody who knows me knows that that is uncommon
0: <laughs> <laughs> Well, as always guys you can follow us on social media that's Tunes Tunes podcast T-U-N-E-S slash T-O-O-N-S we're on Facebook Twitter and Instagram you can listen to us on Spotify Apple Podcasts wherever you find your podcasts thanks again fellas bye you
3: yeah